Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so you got your Bible, you can turn to John 14, so you're all ready to go. Oh, you're looking good. I think we need to pray. God, I do thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you just when we come together, two or three gather in your name. There you are. And Lord, we thank you for your presence this morning. We love you. Speak to us this morning. We always want to hear from you, Father. Lord, I pray for every person in this building, every person listening to the voice. Lord, I pray that they would just know how much you love them. Thank you that you love us. Help us, Lord, to hear what you want us to do. We want to love you. Because we love you, we want to obey you. We want to do what you want us to do. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the title of my message is God, you, and the world. God, you, and the world. And uh, we should start with God. uh, Because everything starts with God, doesn't it? For Christians, this is one of the things. We start with God. Everybody else starts with me. And if you start at a different place, you you end up in a different place. But we start with God. God, the creator of the world. The saviour of the world. The sustainer of the world. Everything's lived, everything comes from him, is lived through him. Everything ultimately goes back and worships him. And uh, for us, we all, I hope, and, and maybe it's new to you, we have what we call the good news. The gospel. The good news. The good news, and let me just read this. I wrote this the other day. The, <clears throat> the good news, the gospel, is that because of our sin... Our brokenness and the brokenness and the evil in the world. And you only have to go watch that uh, movie, The Voice of Freedom. And you'll go, whoa, our world is messed up and horrible in places. There's some evil things in our world. And because of that evil, we were all separated from God. We were created to be in relationship with God at peace. I was going to say one with the universe, but that is what we were created to be, in one with God, in perfect relationship with God. Everything okay, everything good. We were created for that, but we were separated from God, and when we're separated from God, suddenly we lose all that. We were created to be in relationship with a God at peace, at whole, complete, healed, living heaven on earth. God, seeing our separation from him, sent his son, Jesus. For God so loved the world. What an amazing scripture. I don't know if um, it's one of those ones you learn as a child, but it's so powerful. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came to earth, lived a sinless life, died for your sin, for my sin, for the brokenness in the world so that we could be reunited with him. So that we could have relationship back with him. We can have a real, life-giving, living relationship with God. It's the best thing. All you have to do is to believe in Jesus and accept him as your Lord and Savior. When you have received and accepted the gospel, your sins are forgiven. What an amazing thing. You are connected with God. Are you connected with God this morning? Oh, some of you are not sure. Are you connected with God this morning? Or are you feeling disconnected? 
You're connected with God, and as a result, you receive peace and an assurance of salvation, eternal salvation. As a result of becoming, a, you, you become a child of God. You're adopted into his family. You are given a purpose. Did you know you're given a purpose as a child of God? To bring peace on earth. To expand, expand the family business. To expand the family. To influence and make the world a better place. While reminding us that one day we'll all die. And because we know Jesus, we'll live with him in eternity. And that's a good thing. That's the gospel of peace. It gives me real peace to know where, that I know where I'm going to go when I die. And recently, um, some of you know, my mother passed away. And for the first time, I had this revelation that, man, the gospel of peace isn't just for an individual, but I had peace because I knew my mother had peace. The gospel of peace that I know that I can one day see my mother again, oh, gives me relief. I was talking to the funeral director and he said he's only been in the job about two years, three years. He was a bank, bank um, manager before then. I don't know how you do that, that swap, but, but here he was. And he said to me, he said, in all my time in doing this already, I can tell the difference between people who are of faith, who have faith, versus those who don't in how they see death. You know, death is swallowed up. We have a joy because we know we've got an eternal hope. And even though you're filled with grief, you have amazing peace that God, only God can give. Jesus, uh, John eleven twenty five 25 says, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. <clears throat> and if you want, you can have that peace. Just close our eyes for a moment. If you want that peace, why don't you just ask God for that peace right now? And maybe you've had that peace, but you know at the moment you don't have peace. You've got turmoil. Maybe you've disconnected from God. Maybe you've walked away from some stuff. It's as easy as saying, God, please forgive me. Come into my life. I give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Heal me. Come into my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your salvation. Amen. Amen. So that's God. And I know you about you. I'm glad I'm connected to God. And then we've got the world. 18 billion people. Full of darkness in all sorts of places. Full of brokenness. People hurting each other, destroying each other. In some ways, it's not always a nice place to live. Is it? Uh, the kingdom of darkness. The Bible talks about Satan being the god of this world. In 2 Corinthians 4.3 it said, If the good news, which I just talked to you about, we, sorry, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. You know, we talked about the whole world full of his glory. It's the glorious light that comes into you and me. The whole world full of the glory is that you and me are filled with his spirit, filled with the glory. And that's what shines in our world. And I don't know about you, 
There needs to be a lot more shining. Blinded the minds of those who don't believe they are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. So I come back to my message. It's God, the world, and you. Brings me to you. You, not me, you. You are right in the middle. You are right in the middle of God's plan. When he looks at the world, he sees you. You're in the center. You are in the center of God. He looks and he sees you. I mean, it's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, God sees everybody else, but God sees you. The creator of all the world sees you. Like it blows me away that he sees me. He sees you right now where you are. So why are you here? He's got a purpose for you. Have you found your purpose in life? We've come to the conclusion we've got God. There's a bad world. We've, we've got God in our lives. He's adopted us into his family. What are we going to do with that? You know that he has specifically chosen you. You are chosen. Sounds like an alien thing, doesn't it? You're chosen. You've been chosen. But you've been chosen by God. I I don't think we understand that. We actually think everybody else is chosen sometimes. Abby's chosen. But no, you're chosen. And he's looking at you right now. And the question I have is, are you fulfilling the purpose that he has for you? What is your life purpose? If you don't know, I'm going to tell you. Here's what I wrote. The life purpose of every Christian is to make the world a better place for everyone through living in a loving relationship with God that builds his kingdom. Growing up in the church, I think I um, very often, um, and I'm not sure whether it's just the Pentecostal churches that, that, that we were in, but, but in some ways I think in, in our balance of the gospel, we began to just fa- focus on it's all about people having eternal salvation. And so it's all about just making sure people get saved. And, and I believe that 100%, but I think at times we do it at the expense of changing the world and making the world a better place. In fact, the gospel, the kingdom is now, is about changing the world now, and it all mixes in together. And it means that what you do on earth is either pro, is, is causing the kingdom to grow or you're actually fighting against the kingdom of God. We are called here to change the world, to change the world that we're in, your world right now. You're called to change it, to make it better. That's what the church is all about. And I am, you know, and I am sorry in, in a sense that sometimes the church has not done that very well. And I'm sorry that at times the Christians have not done a very good job of helping change the world. In fact, through greed or through whatever we all get taken over by, we, we actually sometimes have damaged the world, damaged the people around us. And we've got to change it. You and I have got to be people that are going to change this world and make it a better place. Are you living with purpose? God is at the center of our universe and his plan is to change the world. God has a plan, a plan for your life, for my life. And it's very important that you do your part. 
And so we come to John 14. And I'm going to read John 14. I've tried to shorten it down a little bit. And this is pretty deep, okay? How many people like it deep? How many people like it shallow? Okay, no one put their hand up, so that's great. We're all ready to go deep. So you're going to need to concentrate and just listen to what's said and the words of John 14. It is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So let's start with John 14 verse 1. Now, I have taken out a few just to try and keep it moving, but let me read it to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There is more. So this is Jesus speaking. If you, if you don't know, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this was not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. Verse 6, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's saying, they're going, show me God. Show me the Father. And he's saying, you've seen me. You've seen God. You've seen me. Everything about Jesus shows us God. He reflects God. He is God. It is so close and, you know, it's kind of quite mind-boggling that we've got a, a Jesus that's an individual and God the Father that's in you, but together they're one. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. And Jesus is trying to explain this to his disciples. And I've got to tell, it must be mind-boggling sitting there having a conversation with Jesus And Jesus saying, I'm God. You've seen me, you've seen God. Pretty cool. Verse 9, Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Okay. You're getting the picture. God the Father and Jesus are one. The Father's in Jesus. What Jesus is saying is what the Father would say. Pretty cool. I am the Father and the Father is in me. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So Jesus was on earth doing his work with the Father through him, the Spirit of God in him. Okay, mind-boggling. Just believe that I am the Father and the Father is me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Okay, Jesus is on earth, Father's in heaven, but he says the Father's in me. But he says, I'm going, so Jesus is now going to go to heaven, so he's going to be with the Father, and hello, you're left on the planet. I'm left on the planet. You're here. I'm here. And he's saying to his, this guys, you believers, sorry, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater, because I'm going to the Father. And you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it 
so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. You can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. We've jumped into Jesus' spot. I'm in Jesus' spot now. Jesus is up there. I'm on earth. Jesus is in heaven. But, his whole, but the Father and, the, and God are in there. It's quite mind-blowing. And then he goes on in verse 15 and says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, the advocate, who will never leave you. Amen. Who will never leave you. Didn't Jesus say, I'll never leave you? I'll never leave you. So now he's saying, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. To you and I, to live in you and me. That's exciting. Okay. So I'll ask the Father and he will give you another Yavlet who will never leave you. He is this Holy Spirit who leads you into truth. Jesus is the truth, but the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into the truth. Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus and God are all one. You've seen Jesus, you've seen the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, it's quite, quite amazing, isn't it? And our little pea-sized minds are trying to comprehend that. Even sounds a little strange, doesn't it? Don't say anything, don't say anything. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my, my father and you are in me and I am in you. Now we're talking about the Holy Spirit within you and me. Exactly the same as Jesus. Like we're not Jesus, but we've got God within. And that's this connection that suddenly now I've got God within me. I am one with God. Now the only way I get out of that is that I begin to let sin control my life and I go, oh God, I don't want you in me. Now, It gets a little bit hard there because I don't, I don't think, I think God's always there if you want him to be there, but that's a big theological debate and we could uh, leave that for the more intelligent people in the room. But God within you, the Holy Spirit within you, empowering you, helping you to change, living through you, every bit of power that Jesus had within him is within you. Your words are powerful. Your words can change the world. Your words can bring life because they're not your words. They're the Holy Spirit's words. They're the Father's words in you and me. See how exciting this is? But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Verse 20, when I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Verse 23, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. All who love me will do what I say. You know, I do, I want to try and be obedient to God, not out of a rule of obedience, but out of a response to love. It's a totally different place to be in. If we live by our rules and say that I've got to obey God because he's, he's, the, he's the authoritarian king, uh, then I, I lose what it is to serve God. No, no, I love God so much. I love what he's done for me. I love him so much that I want to serve him. 
I love my father, physical father. So I want to help him. I want to do as I'm told, as best as I can. Because <laughs> I love, I respond to God and I want to be obedient to God because I love him. And because he loves me. And because it's the best place to live in oneness with God. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. I love that word home. His home within us. God wants his home within us. Everywhere you go is home because God is within you. You're a home. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the father who sent me. Verse 23. Six, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. Verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Holy Spirit gives me peace. I'm at peace. Are you at peace today? Do you have the peace of God in your heart? I remember going through some things that, in life that have been pretty difficult at times and my mind's racing and, and things are out of control on the outside and, and the only way that I think I've been able to cope is I've come back to going, God, I need your peace from the inside. Yeah. And, and, and when you have that peace and that, that sense of, man, God's with me and, and in me, then actually even though things are pretty rubbish on the outside, I have a strength to be able to walk through it. I mean, some of the stuff when I was just about going bankrupt, I, I finally got to that stage where I a peace in my mind and peace in my thinking, and everything else got worse, but I got better because I'm at peace with God. And the peace I give is the gift the world cannot give you. Everyone's looking for it. So don't be troubled or afraid. Verse 30, I don't have much time to talk to you. No, that's true. Because the ruler of the world approaches, he has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come on, let's get going. And then in verse, uh, chapter 15, he talks about remaining in him and staying connected to God. So here you are, you, you. It starts with you being one with God. The only way we're going to change the world is that we're in connection And at peace with God. It starts with you being at one with God. He's in you. We ask Jesus to come into our lives. We ask the Father, God the Father, to come into our hearts. We ask the Holy Spirit to come into us. You know, I have this picture often when I'm I'm standing and when I'm worshipping there that God's above me. I'm not worshipping the people on the stage. I'm worshipping God. They're helping me to connect with God. And I'm under God. I'm under God the Father. And that's, it's so comforting being under him because he's, he's Lord, he's King. And I have a peace because I'm under God and he protects me and he looks after me. God the Son. Jesus, you know, for me, it's all about I want to live like Jesus did. That's what you and I are supposed to be. I know we seem far off from it, but, but people should, should know what Jesus is like by looking at you and me. That's the goal. Long way to go. Some more than others. 
and the Holy Spirit within me, empowering me, giving me a superpower. Just one of the Marvel people, that's one of me. I'm a superhero. You're a superhero. You've got the Holy Spirit within you to enable you to do all that he's called you to do. So then what are we trying to do? Well, we're trying to make the world a better place for everyone by living in a loving relationship with God that builds his kingdom. And when we make a difference in the world, we, we bring people to Christ. It's your kindness that leads us to repentance. So your kindness to people will lead them to repentance. It's, it's what we do that makes a difference for our neighbors, for the work. And so my, my picture is that, that you and I go, right, I've got God. Now God's got me. This territory's won. He's conquered this. He's in charge. Now everywhere I go, where I live, in my house, and I have a picture of my house, and I go, this is God's house. Now I want to be an influence, and I want to be like Jesus, number one, in my own family house. It's important that in your own home, you live like Jesus. Now, everybody may be Christian in your family. They may, may not be, but that's, that's how you live. You go, this is out, God, this is your territory. I live for you. My home is yours. And how many people want peace in their home? How many people want love in their home? We want everything on heaven in our homes. We want it in, we want it in everyone's home. Our world's messed up and not everyone has peace in their home. We want to be carriers of peace that bring peace into the homes. You know, uh, I have different roles. I, I'm, a, <clears throat> I'm a father. I wasn't always a father. Once I was a son. Well, I am still a son. But I was just a son in my dad's house. And, you know, we had a great home. I, I, I got to read my, my mother's eulogy and, you know, and it got me thinking, you know, we came out to New Zealand. Well, my mum and my dad came out to New Zealand. We lived in Hawara. There was five of us, mum, dad, three kids. And, and the rest of the family was on the other side of the world or down in the South Island, which it seems like the other side of the world. Um, <laughs> sorry, Jared. Um, <coughs> and, and so we lived in, in Hawara. We had a f- family of five. And, you know, we started to be involved. Well, Dad became the pastor of the church in Holder, and, and it grew. It became our family. Our family didn't have lots of uncles and aunts and that. They were on the other side of the world. I didn't even know this. Some of them I still to this day haven't met. But the church was my family, my home. And, you know, Joanne made that, uh, just said that when she was talking about, you know, we, the church was at home. It was our family. And I had this revelation that if you've got a very secure family and a great family life, you often don't see the church as your family. You see it as your secondary family. But if your family's not completely whole, which most of our families are all got stuff in them, it's, then the church family, and for a lot of people, that becomes their main family. And, you know, sometimes us who are in secure families... Don't view it that way. You know, someone said to me, oh, you know, um, I didn't think the Sunday after my mother died, I didn't think I'd see you in church. I'm thinking, what do you mean? Surely you'd be with your family. But you see, some of us don't see the church as our family. We don't see it that way. We see it as a secondary family. But Jesus, Jesus had his mum and his brothers 
message came through. Hey, your mum and your brothers, I want to come in and see you. And he said, you are my mother and my brothers. Where is it? I, I did write it. In Luke 8, 19. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are out standing outside and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my bro- mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and obey it. It's connected. Hear God's word, obey it, love the Father. This is supposed to be the number one house. Now that may blow your theology, I don't know. But that's what we're about. Now it's not the building, it's us. Our family can go anywhere. We go in all sorts of different places and we're together, it's us. We have a home and that's great, but we could have another home. I was adding up the number of homes my dad lived in. And mum and dad have lived in probably about 15 different homes over their lives. But this was my mum's home because her family was here. And my challenge to you this morning is that I feel we've got to see the church more as our family. And we're all on the same job. We're trying to change the world and make it better. A place that's full of love and kindness. That's what should be in the church. And I know, look, the church, it's just like some of our broken homes. It's broken in places because we're all broken. But we're all about healing and making it better and changing it and loving people. You can change someone's life. You can change your neighbor's life. Does the neighbor know you're a Christian? Do your workmates? See, I see this picture as here. This is home when we get together. But then we walk out those doors and it's now we're going to war. A good war. We're not fighting people. Okay, just, just get that. That's very important. We're going out there to change. We fight the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the principalities and powers and rulers in high places. We are going out to make this God's territory. Everywhere you and I go with his light becomes his territory. We're trying to make our workplaces his territory. What does that mean? Well, your workplace will be the best place in the world to work because it's full of heaven on earth. There's love, there's respect, there's, there's kindness, there's forgiveness. It just flows. It's the best place to work. Why? Because you're there and you carry light and you carry life. You reflect the glory of God. We sing it. The whole world is full of his glory. What is that? That's you and me shining his glory. The revelation that the the disciples had that, that blew their mind on the day of Pentecost was that now they were the temple of the Holy Spirit. Before they looked at the physical temple and saw the glory of God and majesty of God, and they said, that's the glory of God. And then, you know, well, a lot of them were upset because, you know, they were trying to understand Jesus saying, saying you know, I'm going to rebuild the temple. And they were waiting for a physical temple. But no, he, he was talking about our lives being the temple, full of the glory of God. Like it's mind blowing. You and I should shine like we've never shone before because we've got the glory of God within us. We're on this, this, this road to be like Jesus, empowered by him. It's not even that difficult. It's just being in tune with him, listening to the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's right. Jesus just listened to the Father. I just got to listen to the Holy Spirit as I walk along. And maybe he'll point something out. You need to help that person. You need to do something there. You know, sometimes we sit here waiting, well, the church should do this. 
Every time you say the church should do this, that's, that's you. Yeah. People go, oh, I like your church. I said, it's not my church, it's our church. I don't say to my dad, I like your family. It's our family. I'm one of the good parts of the family. It's a family. You know, at the moment, I have a role as the pastor here, but I won't always be the pastor here. But I'm the father in the sense of the house. Ellen is the mother. Father Ellen, Mother Mary, Eleanor. (laughs) Eleanor Mary. And at the moment, but, but, but you know, like it's in my, in my home at the moment, I've only got one, one child left in the house. That's the way it should go. So I've been, I've been single, I've been married, I got married, that was good. And, and you know, and, and my mandate then is to love my wife like Christ loved the church. Well, that's pretty mind-blowing. Mate, that's all you need to know, guys. And then I had... Four kids, one, two, three, four, and I was doing young kids, and, and they grow up. You know, mum and dad started as two, there was five, then, then we all get married, and we have kids, and then there's grandkids, and the family grows. No different here in church. I've run out of time. Musicians, you can come. Why they come? I've really had on my heart to pray for men. I feel, I, I feel as men, when it comes to our call and our purpose, I feel a lot of us have just been sitting down. Spiritually, we've been sitting down. We've been sitting down with our arms folded going, let's see what happens. And to a large extent in the church, I think the women have been standing up. There's more women in our prayer meetings than there are men in our prayer meetings. There's probably more women in church here than there is men in church. The world's trying to destroy men. He's trying to destroy everyone. And I feel the challenges for us as men, as men in our families, that we need to stand a little bit more. And spiritually fight for the territory. Is your home, where you live, is it ruled by God because of your prayers? Or are you relying on the prayers of your spouse? Have you walked around your house and prayed, God, this is our... Lord, pray for my kids. Have you prayed for your marriage? Prayed for your parents? Prayed for... No, have you stood up? And I just feel right now, I just want all the men to stand up. And you ask me, uh, what age is that, Ellen? What age is a man? Man, if you think you're a man, then you stand up. You think you're a boy, you just stay sitting, man. We're going to pray. Because we need to stand. We need to change this world. It's a broken world that needs you. Needs you to stand up. Needs you to fight. All blacks aren't doing very well, so we need to fight a bit more in the spirit. Stand up. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray you'd fill every man standing with a fresh sense of fight to make a difference for your kingdom. Your kingdom come. 
Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us. Help us to stand for righteousness, for justice. Help us to make a difference. May our words build up and not pull down. May our words bring life and power and anointing. Lord, we pray for our children, our families. Lord, we pray for protection over them. Father, forgive us when we haven't protected our children, haven't protected our families, have become selfish. Lord, help us to stand. Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh tenacity in the spirit of every man standing. Holy Spirit, help us to lead with grace, with truth, with power, with love. Help us to be like you, Lord, in everything we do. Holy Spirit, we need you.